0: So, hello everyone, we are back with another round of conversations with the author. And today we are having two young authors in front of me. One is Justin Lewis G. You can say hi.
1: Hello.
0: Yes. And the other co-author he is Pierce Mortenson. So they both have written a wonderful book, Academic Revolution. So we are going to discuss about the book, what is the book all about, and how things change during you know after the pandemic the changes have been came in education system that we are going to discuss. So before going on to the book, please introduce one by one to the uh, audience.
1: Okay. So my name is Justin Rujan and I'm 21 years old. I went to college for social work and I graduated about two years ago and I decided to write this book just because I was into writing and yeah, there you
2: um, I'm uh, Pierce Mortensen, I'm a uh, student in biochemistry and science, and I'm, uh, I'm heavily implicated in science education in general. And uh, when I learned that Justin was writing a book on uh, the education system, I uh, decided to uh, collaborate with him on it and to actually be able to work with him to actually uh, just to be able to merge our ideas together on the entire uh, process of like, education in different fields.
0: That's that's good to hear from both of you. And uh, at such a young age, you have written such a, you know, uh, very useful book, I must say, for each student and each teacher, which, you know, give us a little easier version of how the, you know, education system can be. Because as we see that education system, I don't know about the foreign education system, but here we can discuss about the Indian and foreign education system too. It's totally different. The things which we had studied during our generation is now becoming totally difficult and different. Everywhere there is competitiveness. We can't hit the kids. The kids can do anything mm-hmm. in the classroom what they want. They can torture the teachers, and you know they can even bully the teachers. Teachers are not teachers for them. It's just a piece mm-hmm. of art who is standing in front of them.
2: Wow, this is uh, this is very different, honestly, than yeah. uh, the way that it would work here, yes, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the main topics that we discuss actually here is how the balance of power is completely uh, flipped than what you just described. It's uh, it's a lot more um focused on the teacher and actually trying to get the student to not not really um not really have any freedom at all and more just focus on what the teacher is saying. And uh, basically the teachers, both in high school and in uh, post, uh, like post high school, like studies are completely focused on more like lecturing and trying to get the ideas across without any um, interference, I guess, from the students themselves. That's, uh, that, that's very interesting. I hadn't actually known there was a, a complete flippant between yeah. these
0: you know, each and every country has its own vice versa, right. pros and cons. And as the government changes, the rules changes. So we are just humans, we can just discuss, we can't change anything. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. That's true. (laughs) So how did
0: you both came up with this idea of writing this book?
1: Okay, so to start off, I was gonna, I, this book wasn't really in my field of, in my train of thought for a while. I started off by just writing, uh, I'm gonna, it started off with a book that's gonna be published in like years to come. But then after that, I stumbled across a video where the chapters are heavily inspired from, and I found myself reacting to it. So I was like, you know what? Let me put this book on hold for a while. Let me focus on writing about the academic revolution. Let me focus on writing about the problems within the education system, since I found I was relating to a lot that was being said. After that, I was you know, going through the chapters, writing about it, blah, blah, blah. Then I said, okay, it's about time to now I have to find an editor because like, I want to publish it. I want to figure out how to do it. Then I remember my friend told me, Pierce, he told me he wanted to write a book. And I said, okay, I have one written right here. How about we just collaborate on it? Looked at it, look over it. And he's like, why not? Let's do it. Yeah,
2: at, at first it started off, honestly, as more me uh, taking more of an editing position. And uh as I as I read the book, I was getting more and more interested in the actual topic. I found the ideas were very pertinent. I had uh I was going through my first year of university at the time and I'd already gotten a lot of my own problems when it came to school. Uh I more problems that I just encountered that I was getting frustrated with, with the system, more like uh things that were annoying that weren't really being, I think, uh really expressed. And I and I when I read the book, it touched on most of these topics and a lot of them I even wanted to expand upon. So um, as I continued the editing position, it, it like became more like me um, working with Justin to expand on different topics and like slowly, but uh, surely our book transformed into something that was uh, well, basically what it is today. Uh.
0: Yeah. I must say it's really a page turner read for each and every one, especially the teachers and the students and those who are belonging to the educational background. So you know how was this journey of both your of you like each and every might uh person you might be having some different thoughts you might be countering or, on his thoughts or he might be countering and you know that talks between both of you, you know this is right this is correct we should write this how was that all experience
1: well funny enough we were we obviously we, we were obviously friends before we decided to do this project and even though that a lot even though a lot of our um ideas are different they are at the core in my opinion very similar because the way i would say things they tend to be a lot to the point and maybe not as well spoken as they could be so then he would come in and say something that um would make it more same idea it conveys the same idea but it just fit in a lot more work, so I think. It would...
2: Yeah, uh, but it, it was. Uh, it, it was a lot of the process of we would discuss an idea, and as we would bounce it back and forth together, we would slowly be able to form of like first. a general consensus. And often, when I'd be editing, what would happen is I'd, um, I'd rewrite the, I, I'd rewrite a second copy of whatever we were discussing from the original one that Justin had uh, produced. And together we would basically edit the second one. Um, if Justin had anything that you wanted to like add and or if he wanted to discuss, like to debate something, we'd sometimes just uh find a way to kind of smooth it out into a single cohesive idea that we both agreed on that felt like the best way to move forward or whatever with whatever critique we were like expanding upon at the time.
0: And I must say it has come out to be the best one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: Okay. So, you know, I would like to ask one question that, you know, the world is changing so fast and, you know, each and every uh, educational system is also changing as the government is changing, the generation is changing. So do you feel that the schools are preparing the children for this fast changing environment?
1: It depends. I mean, we, we obviously argue in the book that not really, they are slow on a couple things, you know, let's say, let's talk about, for example, uh AI. Let's talk about uh the pandemic, for example, that we all went through, which is a part of the last chapter of our book. Yeah. We talked about um the fact that when we when we're in school, we don't really talk about how to uh, uh um Madge. manage money. Thank yeah. you. Um and also just I think
2: psychology is also a very critical point that uh we didn't that that, that the school doesn't really touch upon yet. Um I think that also one of the major problems is that the the education systems change is very slow in some respects, although it is trying to improve itself on some of these topics, uh, psychology being one that some schools have adapted measures to try to improve like psychological health for students or even just the education that they get on their own uh, mental health. But it's, it's a process that often is re- like... Um, met with resistance. It's often something that's more given as an option instead of something that should be, that's being taught as a um, mandatory thing, you know? And uh, these things I think are very slow moving to try to get them from one place to another. So although it is changing gradually speaking, it is not doing it at the same rate that I think our society itself is changing to really be able to catch up one with the other.
0: Yeah, agreed. totally agreed with that. Do do you think that your book can bring a change or a difference? The readers who are reading it, can they feel a difference from your book?
1: I think so. Because the way we've written the book, we didn't, well, even though we were both students at the time, we wrote it from different perspectives. You know, a student could read it, understand certain things. Parents could read it, understand different things, because we have message tailored to parents. We also have... um, The Uh, teachers. Yeah, Yeah. teachers writing it. Uh, Teachers could read it and understand certain things because we have methods tailored to teachers. So, and it's also important because if they all read it together, all understand their roles, they could better the education system for everyone. Because again, everyone's a part of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's. uh, Yeah, please continue.
2: No, I was. um Um, I was honestly going to say I agree with uh, all that. And I also think that one of the um, I I think one of the main ideas of this book is really to try to get people all understanding the different um, each of these different uh, perspectives in the book also, because it's important for students to be able to understand the perspectives of teachers and of uh, of the parents also in the book and vice versa, because these one of the main problems I think that's really like stopping a lot of this movement is also like looking at the other side and actually being able to understand as a teacher where a student comes from when they have a problem or a, te- or a parent when they're looking at their children, why are their kids struggling in school might not always be their fault and what is actually causing the problem might not be something that they would mm. even focus on, you know.
0: You know, this is the point I must uh, say and, you know, give a thought. Justin wants to say something. He's laughing over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, because I, 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 I remember, because, okay, so first of all, there's a lot of personal experience I put in the book apart from research and all that. And I remember exactly there's a point in the book where I talk about math. Mm-hmm. I struggled yeah. a lot with math through ninth and 11th grade. And I finally figured out, you know, I had this calculator, but I didn't know that. You know, my uh, teachers know that I know that parents didn't know me. So all through nine and 11th or nine and 10th grade, you know, I was getting bad grades in math. We were like, why? You know, parents told me to study more. Teachers told me to listen more. I, well, told myself the same stuff. Yeah. Would study till like, uh, I don't know, 11 p.m. at night. Still wouldn't understand much. Get home. Not really understand what I'm being, uh, what I'm being taught in math. And, well, mm-hmm. would fail most of my tests.
2: Yeah. And, and and this is a perfect example, I think, of like looking at how something like education psychology is something that could be critical to even be able to understand, OK, I have this problem that's just not being uh, paid attention to. Yeah. And uh, this is something that even just being able to be teaching a student would be able to at least like reveal to other people, like their teachers and maybe even like their parents to get some help in, in this like thing so that they they don't struggle for years on a, something that could be a simple solution of like changing the method, you know,
1: of that, like learning.
0: that's really true because you know, it's all vice versa. First things they come from the home, the values and everything. Second is the school. And third is later on the coaching centers and all, but you know, what parents feel is that everything is all dependent upon school. Why the kid is not studying? Why my kid is getting less marks? they they don't come out with that you know reason or the conclusion they can't go and see is the kid adjusting with the teacher or some problem the kid is facing the teacher is not teaching properly many such things you know it's like just Mm -hmm. the education system is like the parents are giving filthy of money money and money and nothing is coming out we can't find nothing the fruit is zero We are not getting any fruit. And even if we are getting it, each and every fruit is coming out to be sour.
2: Absolutely. And honestly, it's one of the things I think that uh, parents don't even realize is it would be more beneficial even for their kids to be able to get this help and get like these more proactive approaches to school. Because I think a lot of parents, and, and we do touch on this too in the book, they have this mentality often of like, well, we've suffered in this way and we want you to do the same thing that we did because that's how we developed and they don't really a lot of them i think have resistance to thinking that there might be a better way to grow and to be able to actually develop things in a practical way like say l- learning math is a perfect example of this it's it's one of the things that i touch upon a lot because of my scientific background is um trying to find ways to teach hard classes or whatever in ways that aren't hard for the students um parents they were taught something in a very very strict and basic way here's the information learn it and if you don't understand it too bad trying to find better ways to actually teach students it'll raise the grade of a class which parents associate with oh well, that means that the class is easier and that we're not teaching them the same information or we're teaching them dumber things they don't associate that with oh maybe it's that the students are actually able to learn more and that's why no one's failing you know, chemistry as much. Instead, there's like maybe one or two people who are struggling instead of like half the class, because we're actually using more proactive approaches to be able to teach these hard classes and these like ways of um, just these ways of actually being able to advance. And they also don't really see the big picture of like, okay, this is going to benefit just the school as a whole. So we can actually teach things and actually advance the education system, they only see it as like, okay, I want my child to like go through these struggles, because this is what I went through. And I feel like this will develop a kid who's at least, you know, as proactive as me, in trying to like force their old school way of learning on them.
0: Yeah, Yeah. totally, totally agreed with that. So could you please tell us more about your book, Academic Revolution? What is in that? What all stuff you have put in in that As such, I have read that book, but it would be really good that you come out with the things that you have written in the book.
1: Okay, so to start off, we have the first chapter, which is um, old age values, old age values. What that means is it's uh, taught in the times where we needed a lot of people fast to go on the market and do a bunch of repetitive tasks and without really much... With, without really much individuality for a person, let's say me or anyone anyone mm-hmm. else. Second chapter is no room for autonomy. And that basically means that within those places, there was no room for someone to take initiative and people to do their own things. You mm-hmm. normally would have one person dictate the uh, dictate everyone what they would do. You do this, you do that, you do that, you do that. Mm-hmm. And you just lose yourself within that organization. Third chapter is uh, inauthentic learning, which basically means that since the learning method is, well, you do this, you do that, you do that. I'm one, I'm one person. I tell you what to do. Um, <clears throat> most of the time it goes in one ear, comes out the other, because there's no room for really applying what you do on a daily basis fourth chapter is can't find your passion, which basically means that within the fact that there's no room for someone to develop um, their own individuality, someone that uh, someone having to tell you what to do all the time, you cannot find what you're good at versus what you're not, because in the academic uh, realm, you have to be good at all of them, all of the classes to actually pass. Then... The fifth chapter, which is a uh, difference in how we learn, we just tackled the nine for- nine forms of intelligences and how each person can learn in a different way, either tactile, auditory, or visual. Yeah. Then in the sixth chapter, we talked about lecture, which is just, you know, you have one person at the front of the class, everyone's sitting down, we're just talking. The the uh, the to talk in no room for interaction and all that seventh chapter is the pandemic how you know it's how, affected school exactly yeah. and then we have solutions which which we we recommend people to read the book to explore them themselves yeah
0: yes that's really wonderful do you really feel that pandemic you know it has brought a change in the education system
2: uh, I absolutely do. I think it. Um, I, I I think as we are coming back now slowly to class, we can even see how this change is affecting us as we re-enter the classroom. Um, the pandemic's first major like effect that it had is it completely removed social interactions on a person-to-person basis from the class, and it really, um, when you are on Zoom and you're only teaching from like a computer. It it really enforces this idea there's going to be one person talking and it's almost more like, it, it's almost like practically akin now to a video more than it is really even being in class and actually interacting with a teacher or anyone in particular. You're quite literally just on a screen listening to people discuss the content. Some teachers uh, have tried to integrate other ways to actually get the class involved, uh, especially where that kind of. Uh, where the course content is more requiring of like people to actually work together. But regardless of this, it it still, uh, I think caused a large dissociation between the actual students who are trying to learn something and the environment where they're actually learning, because now they're doing it either in their own homes or completely detached from any classroom at all. And as we come back, I think one of the things that we're seeing are, how people have adapted to that kind of learning and the differences in, I I think one of the main things that people are now realizing are like the main problems when you are in a classroom and how these things actually still impede on learning. Because now that we've had time to like uh, just see what it's like to just have to learn something completely detached from the school. When you come back into it, you're now like a lot more, Um, sensitive to these problems that are quite apparent like even when you're back in the classroom there is a lot of just no interaction going on and just still like this lecturing uh, format which I think people uh, were kind of expecting it to change once they got back like okay we'll be able to interact more we'll be able to learn more in a social way when realistically speaking even when you're in person school is really not like that it more almost creates that illusion that's going to be collaborative when it's more just you know here's the content and deal with it and I think that's why now that we're back there's a lot more of a push from some students to try to like improve this and try to actually change the way that these um, methods of teaching are actually being applied.
0: You know it feels like taking admission again in the school. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah it is because you know the Two years of pandemic has given so much relaxation to students, just opening the laptop or opening the sessions and doing online exams. And we know, each and everyone know how that exams were given. You know, the yeah. books were open and we were just doing for the sake of doing it. And now when the kids are back, they are not ready to cope up with that system. They still want that system which is going was going on during that pandemic. Because, you know, that was the time they were free. No one was pushing them to go and study, sit and just, you know, memorize or mock reading. Nothing was there. Now it's like, again, parents are behind them. You need to bring good marks, good grades, study. Otherwise, you will fail. You'll get less marks. So these Mm -hmm. things are again happening. And hope, you know, some of the other education systems bring some change or, you know, some new things as the generation is changing, because people are now used to that online teaching methods and Mm -hmm. one-on-one interaction, which is going on, that is not working. And what we want, the solution, we are not getting that.
2: Yeah, true. Absolutely. I I think honestly, like one of the main um, things that we actually also noticed, um, and this is actually a critical point that I think we write about in the book, is how the main problems that are tackled when it comes to teaching are also very are oddly enough congruent with uh some with with the uh, nation's uh uh, prison systems often and this was an odd thing i think that people um connected with each other but one thing that they we were looking at was how some countries focus on uh rehabilitation some of them focus on trying to get uh prisoners to be more uh like just listening and just like focused on like the law and just you must follow these things very very um, unconnected to the actual psychology of the prisoner or the person who's a or the criminal Um, and some uh, countries are more effective on just like punishing complete punishing you know it's not just about following the law it's more punishing for the crime that was committed and these countries' like, way of actually dealing with these prisoners are actually, oddly enough, very, very connected to how they actually deal with their education systems. Uh, some of them, they really want people to conform, you know, similar to like actually trying to follow the law. They want them to conform to school. You'll do this test and try to pass it. Um, others, you know, like Finland is one that we use that was a more... Um, rehabilitory approach when it comes to uh, the prison system is also very very proactive when it comes to its education system has a completely different uh, approach that we've elaborated a lot in the book um and then there are other countries who are focused on punishing and it's very similar in school they'll they they are really maximizing the idea of segregating students who are good from bad the bad students will be pushed aside and will just be pushed into a completely different uh lifestyle and those who are actually able to like you know survive in the actual system are the ones who are going to be successful but it's very black and white and they don't they they don't discriminate if you're a failure they don't want you and that's it
0: yeah you know yeah. i must say over here because you know the education system it's it's changing they feel that you know uh, the community wise each and every student should be separated Community-wise, mm-hmm. gender-wise. Nowadays, as we know, and we are hearing the news of the LGBTQ communities. That yeah. Such things should not be brought and discussed now in the session because we are none to bring any changes in the government laws. But yeah, yeah, it's it's totally worse because it's the basic thing which each and every student should learn in the school. May it be a black, may it be a uh, poor, may it be a you know a rich, may it be a Any person, any person coming from a labor family, coming from a rich family, a queen's family, a prince family, each one should be treated equally. But nowadays, it's not happening that because you know everything matters is money. Where from where? Yeah, from where they are getting more money, they are giving more attention to them. It's
1: funny that you say that because that is something we do talk about. Let's say, for example, we talk about in like the let's say the let's say the U.S where it's very much the tuition. Tuition costs a lot, or even, Mm -hmm. matter of fact, the example I put in the book, uh, how I had, uh, since I'm a dean resident, I got to go to college for a reduced price, right? I don't don't have the fact that on top of going to college for deep, for a expensive price, I'm not not, um, an immigrant who's paying money for uh, international abroad. Exactly. Since I met someone, they had to pay, like, five times what I was paying to go to school on top of their living here in Canada. And don't forget, it was online. We didn't go to school for, like, a year and a half. That's one. And number two, when we talked about um, uh, the um, the the education system in Finland, how they, they, they really have, like... A, yeah. An oh, inclusive approach because they they, they do
2: because they, they completely have abolished uh, private schooling. Yeah, this is one of the other main things that we talk about, which is uh, essentially similar in the United States when it comes to tuition for universities, by the way, it, it, it's it's a way to try to uh, completely segregate on an economic basis, uh, people who are. Um, of some upper class basically to try to like get those people into a, a boosted system almost where their grades are going to be higher and they're going to have a head start when it comes to a post, uh, a post uh, secondary okay. yeah education. Um, Finland completely abolished all of that. They, they, they use a system that where if you want to improve your system as a rich person, you have to put money into the public school system that because means- as a, Rich person, your kid's going to have the exact same education as someone who is of a lower
1: income. They even do that for the uh, the prison system too. If yeah. you're if you're rich and you commit the same crime, you're going to pay twice as more as the. Well, you'll get a fine. You'll You'll get a fine that's proportional to your income. Exactly. So
2: it, it basically puts the punishment equivalent for people of different like levels of income instead of just making it that the more money you have, the less a crime is actually a problem.
1: Yeah.
0: know what all is happening it's it's like you know this academic revolution is just your one book which you have written Uh, you can write more and more and more such continuation books in progress i must say because it's such a such a topic which you have chosen it's the discussion is never ending the writing Mm -hmm. is never ending and i really wish you both that And also that you start penning down more books in such, uh, you know, this series. You can make a series of this academic revolution. Because I feel that, you know, the session which we are doing here, it's not just one session. We can come up with more such sessions and discuss more about this. Maybe, you know, some of the other day, we can bring a difference through our talks. We don't know (laughs) where these videos can reach and where people can, from where, which background or you know which status they start seeing this videos because such things are very bad maybe india maybe foreign any country you know yeah. the, where there is money there is wealth and there is success and there people run in that way but where there is no money people don't even see the you know people just throw even the kids are you know they are the, the kids are treated very badly and I've seen yeah. that, you know, the social media videos, we see through that. Yeah. Yeah. That is really worse, disgusting, I must say. So the laws, the government, whatever they are making, I feel that this book should reach to as many as, as and can and maybe someday it should reach the table of that education system and they should know what the high school kids or the kids are suffering from and what changes they want to bring on.
1: Mm-hmm. that is the plan
2: though yeah that that is our that, that is the main plan in the end is uh trying to find which is the best way to actually move these things forward in a way that's honestly equitable for everyone and trying to trying to improve things in general in a way that's more proactive also includes having to break away from a lot of these old conservative systems that have been put in place with the education system that's the main thing that we talk about in the first chapter is yeah. how old old age values have kind of ingrained in us this idea that we need like this conformity because like all of these things are kind of connected (laughs) together of course like uh and that's what we're really trying to do is break these things and and try to like the best way to do it honestly is to educate people about these like things that are stopping it from growing once we can get there we can actually be more proactive at moving things forward
0: yeah totally totally true so are you going to write the second book in the series or planning to do that
2: Uh, Honestly, we uh, we we have many ideas on what we're going to be doing. Uh, We both have, uh, we both have our own separate contents that we also write about and honestly I could easily see us writing uh, things that are either um, a direct sequel or things that are heavily implied on more specific topics in the education system. Um, Justin's books often will like our content that are uh, more heavily focused on social issues that are extremely pertinent in different ways so the education system is definitely like in his wheelhouse I personally am also very much interested in these things my my um, interest would in it will be more focused on trying to bring light to the greater things that are stopping things from moving forward or possibly yeah. like the The mechanisms that are really um, blocking us from being able to change our perspective on these things, Um, similar to just conformity or to um, having problems when it comes to where the job markets are at. That's going to be more my focus are really what stops us from kind of moving things along to more what our ideal is um but honestly speaking i think we both very likely will be writing some content in the future about this and we'll very likely be using both our our
1: brains to be working with it
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, indirectly or directly
0: yeah so fingers crossed okay. for that you know <laughs>
1: i mean yeah i do have another book that i'm gonna write about however it won't necessarily be about school in general it's okay. going to be about how we could learn through sports because that's another thing I talk about. You know, I had a teacher who, was, who actually kind of went through that route, but he was heavily squashed because it wasn't conformative. It wasn't part of the curriculum. It wasn't part of what everyone else was doing. However, we really enjoyed him, right? So learning through sports is another thing that's not really looked upon because it's seen as play, it's seen as fun, and school shouldn't be seen that way. So that's another book I'm planning to write and learning how you uh, develop certain values through playing sports.
0: I must say very nice, again, a wonderful topic chosen and very, uh, which can bring again, some change in the, you know, uh, the people or the readers or the viewers, those who are going to read that. So I wish you both a very best for your future books, your future projects. And, you know, looking forward for more such sessions in future, because it was a really good time discussing with you about all these things.
2: Oh, thank thank you you so much. That is wonderful.
0: Really, it was. And before wrapping up this session, I would like to say each and every viewer that please go and grab the copies of Justin and Pierce. uh, The book is available on Amazon in Kindle and paperback format, Academic Revolution. Please go leave your feedback. May it be positive or negative. All are welcomed. So before we wrap up, can I get a punchline by both of you for the viewers?
2: Um, I'd say a punchline would be probably best to say, um, you'll always learn best when you're having fun and uh, you'll always have fun when you actually feel included in what you're doing. So the best way to learn in school would be to actually feel included and to have a mindset that will work really well um, with school instead of feeling like it's against you.
0: Wow. Very well said. And thank you so much, Dustin and Pierce, for sparing time coming here. It was a wonderful time hosting you.
1: Thank you. Thank Thank you so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.